met. Not that long ago, I was one of the first people to face a graboid and live. Broke into the wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you, you bastard? This is a graboid, a true classic, like an American-made automobile that eats you. This is a shrieker. Get some earplugs and aspirin. Trust me. Now this is the aptly named Ass Blaster. Guess what they do? Know which one is which. It might just save your life. I had uh, Into the Spider-Verse playing on mute while we were recording that. Now that it's off, it's just going through like those little five-second ads that have the buzzwords underneath the title. And for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, it says, Dark. Socially relevant. Rivalry. <laughs> I feel like we're rewiring people's brains to just respond to keywords at this point. <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not. Oh, the Jason Siegel Muppets movie. I am in the mood for something that's feel-good, goofy, and kids. True, and this is the last day you can watch something that's not Halloween-related, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's your path. You do what you want. For me, Halloween started September 1st, and I can't look back. It's the guy in the Forensic Files thumbnail, Vladimir Putin. Anyway. Okay. The story so far. There technically isn't one. From the viewpoint of Tremors 4, the rest of the franchise happens 100 years in the future. In a way, this makes it a soft reboot, even though it maintains continuity with the rest of the franchise, sort of. Anyways, in the town of Rejection, Nevada, miners of a silver mine are killed by a subterranean monster. In order to calm the townsfolk down and get silver production back in action, the mine's owner, Hiram Gummer, comes to town, only to find the monster is in fact real, and that he's in over his head. Anyways, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Box Office Pulp, your one-stop podcast for movies, madness, and moxie. I'm your host, Cody, and tonight we're back with our Bop miniseries, You Can't Kill the Gummer. Tonight, it's all about talking Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, with my co-host, Jamie. Say hello, Jamie. I wish that I had been taught how to ride a bike by an old West dandy. I mean, if you're going to learn, that's the way. I'd probably be a lot better at bike riding if that were the case. See, I want bike riding to come back in a big way in America's cities, but only if you have the old-timey bikes and you have the mustache and a bowler hat. So like a big old penny-farthing kind of deal with the gigantic front wheel? Oh yeah, dapper chaps need to return to America's streets. I feel like that's the only thing that's going to help us heal as a nation. So my, my problem here is, you know, everyone talks about, oh, look at this footage from 1900. Everyone's in a suit. It's so cool. Yeah, but those guys didn't have, like, deodorant. Just, they're wearing all that wool, and it's it's gotta be the stinkiest place in the world. New York City had to have smelled just the worst, even though everyone looked beautiful. I imagine you're wearing all those layers just to keep from freezing to death in the street. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, that's the nice thing about living in the future. We have traded in looking beautiful for comfort. And I'm alright with that. I, I'm just gonna look like trash. That's me. Everyone else does too. That's life. Just give me yoga pants that cover me from head to toe. Make me look like Diabolique. I, I want the other way. I want uh, everyone to be walking around with just like one sensor bar over their dicks and vaginas. Just just enough for modesty's sake. See, that's why I wish Google Glass had caught on. Could you imagine automatic censoring? Uh, I would also increase the blur size on my junk just to feel a little better about me. And I'm sure there'd be a service that would willingly take my money to make that happen. Oh, you are, in the future, you are so going to have customization options on your sensor bar. I'm going to go for the blue dots. Ooh, 
Now, Jamie, I bet what you're thinking right now is, there's no way Cody can segue this back to Tremors. But have I got you beat? Because one of the few talking points I have about Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, is the fact that the weirdest part about this movie is it's not Graboids in Space. (laughs) It's not future Tremors. It it went for the opposite approach of going past Tremors. Makes a lot of sense, to be honest, because if you go into the past, you eliminate a lot of problems. You don't have to worry about people with little RC cars with bombs on them. You don't have to worry about people with laser cannons that can shoot through the dirt. You don't have to worry about cell phones so everyone knows where the worm is or echolocation. You get a lot of freedom by putting this in the past. I would say, though, the typical move for a horror movie, once it gets this far along, you got to shoot the killer into space. You make it a space movie. You do Leprechaun whatever in space. You do Hellraiser, uh, was that four? Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to do Jason X. I guess maybe they couldn't do that because then you're just watching Dune. But the point stands, I think Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, doing a prequel route is a very surprising move. I don't know if it totally works, but it is a surprising move. Could you imagine if the Tremors franchise ended with future Burt in the apocalypse? Burt Gummer is a frozen head on a robot's body. So Michael Gross has to do as little acting as possible when he's like 90 years old and the franchise is still going. But he's still is like an action hero. Gummer's brought back as a hard hologram, like he's on the hollow dick. <laughs> no, the other way around. In the future, it turns out they learn more about the worms. When they eat you, your consciousness goes into a worm collective. And Gummer has to deal with deciding if he wants to die a man or live forever a worm. <laughs> see, that's the, the Logan that Burt Gummer deserves. I'm, I'm going to be a little disappointed when Tremors 9 isn't about Gummer deciding if he wants to be swallowed voluntarily by El Blanco's grandchild. They'll probably just keep making it. It'll be like Shrieker Island 9 or something where, you know, oh, this time the Tremors have gun hands. I don't know. Anyways, this one this one happens in the past, folks. There's no gun hands. There, There's barely, like, automatic action here. It's an interesting take because we've, we've seen what they can do with Tremors in the present times. Uh, they're kind of running out of options. They've hit kind of the end of the evolutionary path. So once again, I think we have to go prequel route. Jamie, could you explain to us the evolution of the Tremors that we get in this film? Well, for this episode's edition of What's Up with the Graboids. We have just one single fact, and that is we get to see what the Graboids look like as babies once they hatch from their uh, 300 year sleep. Uh, they're basically just little graboid worms. Curiously, these have no clear name. On the official website, they're known as Grablites, which is an outstanding pun, and I would <laughs> be happy to settle on that, but it seems like everyone else refers to them as dirt dragons, which does fit the naming scheme we've had with these creatures, but it's kind of on shaky ground here since that's just what they call all the graboids anyway. But I- I'm willing to go with it. I'm willing to fudge the facts there for a cool name. Yeah. Oh, and it gets a little more confusing, though, because on the commentary track, randomly Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, as far as I know, is the only Tremors film with a commentary to this moment. There's an Arrow edition of the film coming, the first film coming out later with a bunch of new features. But for right now, I think it's only four that has a commentary. 
Estes Wilson calls them mini graboids, which is the worst name of all the possible ones. I'm glad I'm glad the fan community turned that away. I always should say, uh, update on the mystery established in episode one. We have found the Tremors man. He is alive. He is he's out there doing his thing, at least as to when this Blu-ray was made. That had to have been somewhere after 2010. Yeah, we we know he at least survived the 2000. Because S.S. Wilson returns again, this time to direct with uh, Scott Buck. Yes, that Scott Buck. Which Scott Buck? Iron Fist and the Inhuman Scott Buck. That Scott Buck. (laughs) Yes, uh, that Scott Buck penning a script based on an outline by S.S. Wilson and Nancy Robert. But yeah, you do actually get to hear S.S. Wilson speak for the first time (laughs) since that original movie. And we can confirm he's a dude. That could have been anyone, to be fair. I mean, in this age of conspiracies, that could be any person pretending to be S.S. Wilson and just feeding us fun facts about Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. Until the man signs my copy of Tremors 1, the Arrow Blu-ray for, uh, 4K, I, I won't trust that he's alive. And even then, I never knew him beforehand, so it'd all be a mystery. He could be any person on the street, I wouldn't recognize him. Uh, he's like Darkman. <laughs> he's exactly like Darkman, that's why we can't find him. I'm gonna be so mad when he turns out to be Bruce Campbell in a couple of years, like, oh god, what a career! <laughs> Now, despite the outstanding handicap of having a screenplay by Scott Buck, I actually found myself quite endeared uh, to this entry. And I think part of the magic goes, like you said, part of the magic comes from the fact that they went in such an unexpected direction. Instead of following the standard formula of just doing another movie in a desert location that escalates the formula a little bit like uh the 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 graboids have tentacles now different than their tongue tentacles back tentacles ass tentacles they're octopi now oh god oh that could actually work dear god it's grab to pie okay so for our tremors fan film i want everyone to know that's ours (laughs) get your own but when they could have just done what the previous movie did and just remake the first film on a lower budget i like how they made a completely different type of movie because not only is this a prequel it's arguably the most character focused of the tremors movies like they make you wait quite a bit for the graboids to come uh in full force and even when they do it's back to just being like two or three sandworms Right, we don't get the evolutions besides the dirt dragons and the actual graboids we don't we don't have ass blasters we don't have shriekers just plain old graboids the good stuff yeah back to basics this is the real back to perfection it is back to rejection by the way i love the lore they give the city of perfection and it's a lore that makes sense for the world as as it's been established up to this point yeah surprisingly the continuity fits pretty well considering this is set like a hundred years before the first movie we see the origin of the chang family and the chain convenience store which <laughs> Apparently, if you have a rejection slash perfection, you have to have a Chang in the grocery store. That's just how it works. Otherwise, the Graboids revolt. Yep. Uh, We get to see the uh, all the characteristics of Burt Gummer apparently come from the events of this movie. Hiram Gummer was a perfectly formed person after this film, and everything he did just got passed down to his great grandson. (laughs) I I just love the idea of perfection being a mining town that went bust. That was, that was seemingly able to have been saved for a little while due to Hiram's intervention here, but it links 
the Tremors franchise, specifically the first two, like the myth of the American West and the the realities of blue collar America. Like I like the idea of modern day perfection, the one we meet in the original being this last trace of the American West, like the one last ghost town that's being haunted by this buried secret from the pioneer days that was kept secret in order for progress to thrive. That adds a layer to the franchise that really wasn't there before. And I don't even really think this was intentional on the screenplay's bar, but it kind of adds a little bit of extra weight to the original. It wasn't until re-watching this one that I realized the original Tremors is kind of a Western. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Both in characterizations and in its structure, it's basically just a siege movie. Yet instead of, you know... An enemy uh, army, it's just monsters. Yeah, as Wikipedia diving in, the term for it is weird western. Apparently that is the subgenre that I've never heard of before that encapsulates it. Now I just wish there was an EC Comics weird western tales. Oh shit, yeah, I'd watch that. Read that. Uh, Back to your point though about this being the most character focused of the uh, initial four Tremors that we've watched. It's kind of hard to argue that. People may not like Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, the most of the Tremors films, but it does take a lot of time in establishing these characters and uh, specifically for Hiram Gummer, giving him a very traditional and big arc. Like he comes to town. He doesn't care about these people. He only cares about his money. He just, just wants to get the mind back in operation. And as the film goes along, he starts to care about these ki- people. He gives, you know, the, the kid his bicycle and he wants him to be out there having a childhood. And he, he gives away his only material wealth so he can help buy things for the town to protect it. He eventually runs away from the town only to return at the last minute with weapons to save them all because he has learned to care. And at the very end of the film, uh, he turns the mine over to the city itself so that everyone may share in his prosperity rather than just him. Like, I'm not saying this is incredible character work. You don't need Daniel Day-Lewis for it. But for the fourth movie in a direct-to-video franchise, they're actually trying and it mostly works. Like Once again... Michael Gross gets to do some new stuff here. Instead of being the ultra-tough survivalist Burt Gummer, he is kind of the Lord Fancy Pants from, was it Pennsylvania? I believe so, yeah. It's it's amazing to see uh, Michael Gross be able to act out a full character arc in one of these movies. Although at the end, he essentially morphs into Burt Gummer, old man. Uh, the, the end of the movie is just him with a Gatling gun. <laughs> Just screaming and smiling. <laughs> Enjoy as he blows away. Freeze frame. <laughs> tin cans. Freeze frame, yeah. That's the real legend begins. It exactly is. So Hiram Gummer, who starts the movie not being able to even handle or understand or fire a gun, ends it being, I have to get more bazookas. Find me old school bazookas. I love how it is forever canon that the Gummer family was introduced to guns and survivalism by an old west gunslinger played by billy drago who's having a wonderful time oh yeah if there is one thing that absolutely elevates this movie it's billy drago showing up for way longer than you'd expect to oh yeah as old west bounty hunter black hand kelly just playing his character from briscoe county jr He shows up and you're not sure, like, okay, they treat this guy like he's the bad guy, but that's never really the case. Like, he's not there to kill anybody. He's just, he's paid for a job, but he's just kind of a mysterious dick. I have to say, I was watching this with my girlfriend, and there was a moment where 
uh, somebody arrives, and it's clearly, you know, going to be Bounty Hunter they just hired. And the door opens, and my girlfriend says, Wouldn't it be fucking hilarious if it was the bad guy from Briscoe County? And the bad guy from Briscoe County walks in, dressed exactly as he did on the of show. Of all the things to pick, that's kind of a miracle. Uh, my girlfriend takes Briscoe County Jr. very, very seriously. Apparently. I had this weird impression. I'm going to mention something unusual that makes me sound like a dummy. Uh, I had this weird impression from years, because I watched this movie as like a kid on Sci-Fi Channel, that uh, Black Hand Kelly was cast as like an old man version of Kevin Bacon to try and connect the first and fourth movies. And obviously watching it now, that's not something I could see again. But as a child, like, yeah, sure. That's that's probably what they're trying to do. What if you just made him old and and that's his his, his character? It, it is amazing how eerily similar the two men look. As a kid, I kind of thought like that's the route they were going to go. They're going to introduce parallels to all the famous people that were eventually going to be in Tremors, but didn't stick around because they had other careers. We don't get that. But for a minute, I was thinking like that was going to be the way because we have uh, like a, a, a reboot version of Chang. Uh, there's Michael Gross is still there. Is Hiram Gummer. Like you just kind of thought they're going to go down the list and everyone was going to get basically their old West counterpart. And amazingly, the movie resists being on the nose. Yeah, that would have been kind of stuff. way too much. So I'm glad they did not go that route. We don't need to have like, oh, history repeats itself. It's rhyming. It's Star Wars kind of uh, storytelling here. It's perfectly it's fine. Cosmic. Yeah. It's cosmic. It's <laughs> cosmic. Easy, David Lynch. Easy. Uh, it, it works the way it does. Honestly, I enjoy Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. Much more than I think most people. Uh, I've heard people for years kind of rag on this one as being the worst of the original four. Yeah, I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I like it quite a bit. Even though it's a little bit back to basics because we don't have the evolutions of the Tremors. It's uh, interesting that there's very little CGI for the creatures this time around. It might look like it. I was surprised to hear that. Uh, on the commentary, Wilson mentions, oh, the creatures are never CGI. They're just composited with CGI. And I think that's where the problem is. The compositing looks very subpar in a lot of places. So you mistake miniatures with bad CGI models. Yeah, I made the same mistake. Like the there's a uh, CG, there's a uh, big money shot of a large graboid. It'll be the first time you see one that looks very much like bad CGI. And no, no, it's it's just a model that they could not blend for the life of them. Thankfully, I would say this movie is dated a lot better than Back to Perfection was, just because most of it takes place at night. Yeah, there's a lot of night stuff. Once again, we're back to the Graboids primarily, so there's not too many moments where the monster is above ground. Uh, the Dirt Devils move, or Dirt Dragons, excuse me, move really, really fast by design, so you don't have a lot of time to observe them out of the ground where you can go, oh, that, that puppet doesn't look right. So they, they get a lot of free passes compared to other entries in the series. It is amazing that this this was made on, I believe, a budget of $5 million, wow. and it ends up looking better than the previous film, which uh, had a substantially bigger budget. This one's surprising because Wilson also mentions this is the first time they've had extras in a Tremors film. Oh, yeah, it's the first time they've had a cast of more than, like, five people. Yeah, because the movie starts off, like, Rejection is an actual silver mining town, and there's a bunch of people there. They all leave after the first scene. But you do get a scene of people just walking around uh, an old west town. <laughs> like, it seems a much more expansive situation than what we've seen in other Tremors films, even though it has the lowest budget. To give you an idea of how low budget this was, there's no train 
in this town that's supposed to be connected to train tracks. <laughs> like that's why the water tower is there. Wilson even says like the equipment is there for it to connect to a train. We just couldn't afford the train and the steam engine. And he's apparently wanted a steam engine in one of these films since Tremors won. So that's what won out. He spent a lot of time talking about that steam engine. He was so excited to have that. It does give us a spectacular kill. I will say one thing Tremors 4 has going for it is probably my favorite Graboid kills in the franchise. That finale has some big stuff going on. They have a punt gun, like one of those gigantic guns you'd use to kill an entire flock of pigeons. Uh, And they use that as like their, their kind of mobile cannon to take one out. One gets wrapped into a steam engine and ripped apart. Like There's some surprisingly fun, gory stuff happening to uh, these Graboids at the end. Oh, this movie has, hands down, my favorite kill of these. And it's fucking August Schellenberg, who fucking throws a saw <laughs> into the dirt and then calls a Graboid over, and it headbutts into the blade. How did it take four movies for us to get a kill like that? I love it. That is pretty good. Although it's dragged down a little bit because they do the fake out death with with his character where Tacopa is uh, eaten and it turns out it was just the the wooden Native American statue in front of the store. That was a little much. I could have done without them including that scene. Like, why are they trying to raise the stakes on this character and then not kill him? Like, <laughs> uh, this, this movie does have the problem all of the sequels have, which is it's about 10 minutes longer than it really needs to be. So we do get uh, f- way too many buttons on scenes and way too many fake out deaths and just stuff that tends to uh, drag the action down. Plus, you can tell they're at least out of money for a couple of shots because there's a reverse of a Graboid going back into the dirt where they clearly just refilmed the scene of the Graboid coming up from the dirt. Like, sure, you can get away with that sometimes, but this one, you can you can see the dirt jumping off the ground and getting sucked into a hole very clearly. Like, oh, man, they they did not have the time and money to get this worm back in the dirt. That's a shame. Uh, that was their motto every day for just uh, getting the film in the can. Look, let's just get the worm back in the dirt. Worm in the dirt, baby. All that said, like I, I have fewer complaints about this movie than I do the pacing of Tremors 2 or 3, honestly. It, it moves pretty smoothly. Uh, the Tremors films have never been about giant body counts, so I, I wasn't expecting like 30 people to get eaten by Graboids anyways. It, it mostly comes together and moves pretty well. There's a big character focus. It's enjoyable. It's clever. It's low budget, but you get past that pretty easy. It's it's honestly a fun ride for me. And I really appreciate the tone of this film. Like there's a lot. The dialogue has not been this punchy in a Tremors film since the original. Yeah. They have so many, like, just great, uh, like, dialogue scenes. Like, uh, the best moment in the entire movie where Hiram is in the general store and they're telling him he needs to arm up to fight the Graboids. And he finds it ridiculous that anyone thinks that he would carry a sidearm. And then every single character suddenly pulls out a gun like they're in an Edgar Wright movie. There's like a child that has one. There's a baby that's like <laughs> sucking on a derringer. That part's not true. It's like, there's so many like great little uh, scenes like that. There's the running joke with Hiram trying to teach the Chang's kid to essentially be a son of a bitch. And it's coming back to bite him <laughs> in the ass. Like, I like how they don't go straight for, like, anything maudlin with those two. It's almost like something in a Shane Black movie. Just them mutually trolling each other throughout the film until they develop a, a real relationship. Yeah. I appreciate how much of this film is 
minorities telling a rich white man to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Which is something I appreciate about the Tremors franchise in general. Though I don't think they ever intended any kind of like social or political message. I always appreciate how most of these casts are multiracial and multicultural. Yet, there's not really a lot of shitty culture clash jokes. They don't really go in for racial humor. All the humor just comes from people of different upbringings and different world views trying to work together through a crisis, like an optimistic version of a zombie movie. Yeah. And Jamie, I, I heard you say, I don't think they tried to put any sort of like politics or meaning into a lot of these things, but that can't stop me from finding it by grasping at the thinnest of straws. So last episode, we talked about the idea that tremors represent a purgatory. And I think this movie evolves that a little more by by going back to the start. It's only when they start exploring the silver mine that the tremors come out. It's all about the money, man. Uh, it is revealed in the commentary that apparently the tremors have to be near a source of extreme heat for the eggs to hatch and the graboids to come out. So the mining and the water that's diverted for the mine is what awakens these monsters. So we have a tie right there between making money and making monsters. Then there's the whole entire plot of of Hiram is just he's money obsessed. And throughout the film, he's forced to give away his belongings, even if it is the long term goal of him getting his money back. But at the end of the film, he renounces his mine and he essentially gives it to the town and promises, okay, everyone gets their dream. We're going to make money, but we're going to use that equally, and everyone in this community is going to get what they need, and we're going to build this town. Obviously, that fails in the 100 years after the movie, because by Tremors 1, the town isn't affluent. The people are all pretty starved. It seems like the only person with cash is Burt Gummer, so I feel like he might have taken that mine back shortly after the credits. (laughs) But it it just feels like in other movies, the Gummer, uh, a libertarian, a man with all the means in the world, won't even buy RC cars from the struggling convenience store in town so they can blow up tremors to save people. He tries to he t- tries to commandeer them, and he says they might be in reversed. He has to be pushed into it. I feel like the Gummer can't leave Purgatory, not because he's choosing to protect people, but because the tremors would follow him wherever he goes as long as he values money over people. Oh, like they're just fucking Jacob Marley's dragging yes. their chains wherever the gummer goes. Exactly. Like they were always a specter because he was attached to the mine, but they laid dormant for years because they decided to, to divvy up the gross fairly. This is a stretch. I'll admit this, but it's the only thematic well I have dug <laughs> for Tremors for The Legend Begins, and I now must defend it. I mean, you can't definitely make the argument that the Tremors films are anti-capitalist in very broad senses. I mean, it is made very clear that big business is always the bad guy on these. True. So there, there's, the, there's the vague sense of a uh, man should not try to tame nature for his own profit. It tracks. It doesn't track well, but it tracks. No, it does not track well. Because, I mean, in the first two movies, our heroes are only allowed to leave perfection once they have found a, a, a means of making money off of their situation. But they found love, so I don't know, maybe that balances. I, I don't know. The point is that we call this podcast, You Can't Kill the Gummer, which means he might already be dead. <laughs> the Gummers are just eternally trapped with the Tremors. They're, they're just in this purgatory, this silent hill of worms. God, does that make uh, the Ass Blaster Pyramid Head? Kinda. God, what does it represent? I don't, I gotta dig deeper. I need a smarter person to fix this for me. Like, I have provided the raw tools, and I need MacGyver to be like, ah, shit. Well, with the string and bubble gum and this butane torch, I'm going to make a plea for help. 
But that's... I don't think anybody's coming, Cody. I'm sorry. No, they never will. Uh, but that's kind of the thing. It's it's a fun twist on genre. We've got Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, where it's, like you said, a Western. Actually, thinking about it, Jamie, besides Tremors 1, would you call any of the Tremors films horror films, or are they more kind of action comedies? I would say they're definitely uh, monster. Oh. They're monster movies. They trap into the idea of it being a horror film, but I've never found any of the Tremors outside of one to actually be scary. I'd say structure-wise, they're like horror movies. They're like I said, each of them is basically a zombie movie with a more aggressive uh, antagonist. But in terms of content, nah. At the end, end of the day, they're action comedies. Yeah. It's it's always very nebulous when you go to direct-to-video action movies because action is a very nebulous term. It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to afford stunts and performers. Uh, Action is expensive and dangerous. Like, you look at most uh, VHS commando movies and it's mostly just people talking and going to places. More recently, there have been some uh, pretty decent action films direct-to-video, but uh, yeah, back back in 2004, when this movie came out, I want to say it's probably a little more limited. Who knows? I'm sure there's an expert right now in Chuck Norris films going like, you idiots, you fools. Have you not seen The Octagon? <laughs> but that's just my impression. Uh, the films are constantly morphing. Why not make this one a Western? Uh, it's too bad 5 goes back to being just like a normal Tremors. I wish they'd put it in space. That's me. Whatever. We're all sorry we did not get to see the Graboids in space. It's very true. That's why Denis Villeneuve is writing that wrong. God, they should have put Michael Gross in there somewhere just as a cameo. Uh, now I'm going to be sad. <sighs> Anyways, I, I guess I can't say much about Tremors for The Legend Begins other than it still makes me laugh uncontrollably when I think about that stupid ending where they have to be like, oh shit, this interferes with their uh, continuity. Have everyone in the village swear to never talk about this again. It's over. Like, just imagine if that's how you're going to button up the franchise, that's the way you do it. Like, we're done. No more talking about Tremors. You got that, people at home? We made our money. Now leave. Like, there's a pretty big gap. There, the next Tremors movie after this does not come out until 2015. There's an 11-year gap between Tremors. So <laughs> I guess they took that advice very literally. No more Tremor talking. There'll be more from us, though, folks. Don't worry. We will be back to discuss part five. Before we leave, though, we do have some small business to take care of. One, ranking of the Tremors. Previously, I'd surprised no one by going down the list saying Tremors, Tremors 2 Aftershocks, and Tremors 3 Back to Perfection, in that order, are the best Tremors. I must shake things up, and I didn't think I would do this. I'm ruining my own joke. Jamie, I think the best Tremors are Tremors, Tremors 2 Aftershocks, Tremors 4 The Legend Begins, Tremors 3 Back to Perfection. See, uh, I'm going to veer off course a little bit there. Honestly, I, I didn't expect to reach this conclusion until rewatching these movies, but for me, it's going to be Tremors, Tremors 4, Ooh. and Big jump. Two, then 2 and 3. Yeah, I didn't think anything was going to beat out uh, Tremors 2, since that's pretty much considered the best direct-to-video sequel ever made. And I will say, if you're, we're talking about follow-ups... Definitely. But in terms of, like, nuts and bolts quality, I'd say, yeah, Tremors 4 is probably my favorite sequel. It, it brings the most to the table out of all of them, and it, it justifies ex- its own existence the most. Like, it really tells a new and different kind of story uh, with this universe, whereas uh, the other sequels are kind of just retreads. Fun retreads, but retreads nonetheless. I would agree. This as always, is where it gets interesting. How would you rank the Tremor movies based off of title? 
and title alone. Honestly, not a big fan of The Legend Begins. Uh, not not just because they did not go with any kind of pun or right. uh, cute phrasing, but The Legend of what exactly? The Gummer. I, I mean, it's possible that that's what they're referring to. This is just the, the legend of that mustachioed clan. That's the family trend. They all wear the same mustache. I want to see Bert Gummer's father and grandfather and see if they also had mustaches the same. Even his mom. That's a family rule. She had to put one on as soon as the credits rolled. Yeah, I. It feels more like that would be a sequel for another franchise, and I feel like that has in negatively impacted the movie's legacy because Tremors for The Legend Begins has such a search for Curly's gold. Uh, to it. it does. That's yeah. I could never put my finger on it, but that definitely seems right. It's it's a very direct video title. So what is, what is your official ranking, Jamie? Uh, I'd have to say Tremors 2, Aftershocks, Tremors, uh, Tremors 3, Back to Perfection, and then finally Tremors 4. Uh, we're pretty close. Uh, I'm going Tremors 3, Back to Perfection, Tremors 2, Aftershocks, Tremors, and then Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. I know I kind of betrayed what I said about my high ranking for 3 and 2, like, it's got the number and it has the subtitle, which I do appreciate. It's really nice that they didn't pretend this is like a reboot, just call it Tremors, The Legend Begins. Or Tremors, A New Beginning, or something like that. But The Legend Begins is a, a ugh, not not a great title. It just seems like they picked the first thing that came to mind rather than putting thought into it. Aftershocks, Aftershocks and Back to Perfection at least have a clever ring to them. Well, no, it's, it's a shitty thing, too, because Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, is a fairly clever movie. And they just dropped the ball on the title. Some marketing guy deserves to be kicked in the butt. <sighs> Now that I have that out of my system, I can finally let Tremors 4 The Legend Begins go. Boy, thank you so much for joining us, folks. As always, you can find more Box Office Pulp at boxofficepulp.com. We have our own website. You can find us on Amazon Music. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter. You name it, just look up Box Office Pulp. Before we leave you, though, I, I, I always have to remember this part because it's, it's weird. It's super important, but my mind just glances over it. Jamie, could you take us back to the Tremors Wikipedia page? It is still not understood whether an ass blaster lays only the one graboid egg that is inside its body at the time it is spawned, or if it is capable of creating multiple eggs over the course of its lifetime. If ass blasters employ the same reproductive strategy as adult graboids, they might be intended to serve as nourishment for the newly hatched graboids. If, however, graboid hatchlings are relatively self-sufficient, an ass blaster might be capable of gestating multiple eggs over the course of its lifetime. God damn it, these nerds have put way too much thought into graboids. I mean, someone has to. I'm glad they did. But I'm also very glad I did not do this. I, I have too much other stuff to think about, like... Is libertarianism the reason why no one can leave the hell that is Tremors? Libertarianism is the reason for all hells, Cody. Including the one we're trapped in. Oh, is this like a defending your life type thing? Where I'm finally coming on the right side of history because I realize libertarianism is dumb? Yes.
I am watching you. God, I hope that's not what Putin sounds like. <laughs> Putin is just Mads. Uh, Mads money. Uh, uh. Uh. This is Box Office Pulp Guy, and this has been a Pulp Podcast production. Now please, 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 put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger and say goodnight. And now, on with the show.